There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look, then you will see On WCN-TV everybody and welcome back to WCN TV for today. This is Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. Living in the future. You know, as we've been doing for a few weeks now, we want to make sure everyone knows about our upcoming event. It's our solemn assembly and conference, which will be held April 14th and 15th here in central Wisconsin. I realize that many of our regular viewers already know all about this, but For those newcomers, um, we want to give you all the details. So let's watch a quick two-minute video right now. They don't want to make America great again. They don't believe in America first. Uh, They believe in globalism and socialism. The goal and the aim is to shut down the gospel proclamation. We will stand against that evil. We will not be quiet or silent as you're about to perpetrate evil. You've got to speak up. You've got to rise up. You've got to use the position God puts you in. And he said, who's to say you weren't born for such a time as this? And if that revival happens within us, what would it look like? What is the what is the outward working of the Holy Spirit in a real revival? Wisconsin Christian News Solemn Assembly and Conference, April 14th and 15th, with a special music group, MPK Band, performing Sacred Hymns of the Faith. The conference will be held at the Stony Creek Hotel and Conference Center, 1100 Imperial Avenue, Rothschild, Wisconsin. Purchase your tickets today at coachdavelive.com slash events. That's CoachDaveLive.com slash events. You can also call 715-486-8066 for more information. See you at the conference. God bless you. So there you go, all the details. And if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, there is still time. Go to CoachDaveLive.com slash events, and um, we can, there it is on the screen. Um, You just go to CoachDaveLive.com, look for events, go down to April 14th, and there we are. And um, if you don't have a computer, and you're probably not seeing this, (laughs) we've had quite a few people call me that don't have computers and aren't set up for that, so you can, your friends can call uh, my number, just don't call me right now because my phone's on silent, and um, I'll help you through that. But um, very easy to register, get your tickets, and I hope to see you there. You know, a lot of people have been asking me why we're doing this, and part of the reason is I believe we need more godly men, and I'm hoping that this event is going to encourage not only men, but women too, and hopefully some children and grandchildren that you'll bring along. And um, there is a song that I've been wanting to share with y'all 
for quite some time. I, I saw Buddy Davis do this uh, live many years ago. Um, he is with uh, Answers in Genesis. But before we bring our guest on, let's just take a few minutes. What is it? I don't know, three minutes and uh, listen to this song from Buddy Davis called Lord, We Need More Godly Men. You can roll it. Lord, we need more godly men Who stand on your word till the end Men who are strong, men that won't bend Lord, we need more godly men Lord, we need more godly men Who aren't afraid to call sin, sin Cause the world is desperately looking for them Lord, we need more godly men Lord, we need more husbands in love with their wives And daddies to cherish their kids Grandpas and uncles who'll set an example Tell them who Jesus is May the world see our eyes in the Bible And our knees bent in prayer again From the senior preacher to the high school teacher Lord, we need more God More heroes to praise the name of Christ instead of using it in vain. Men who place Jesus at the head of their homes like the family that you ordain. May the world see us as your disciples, reaching out to the world as a friend. From the factory worker to the Wall Street broker, Lord, we need more godly men. Lord, we need more godly men who stand on your word till the end. Men who are strong and that won't bend. Lord, we need more godly men. Lord, we need more godly men Who aren't afraid to call sin, sin Cause the world is desperately looking for them Lord, we need more godly men Amen. So that is uh, one of my favorites from Buddy, D- Buddy Davis. He he does a lot of work with uh, children's ministry and things like that at Answers in Genesis, but um, that's one more one that's really more for the adults. But um, anyway, hope you enjoy it. Our guest today really doesn't need any introduction uh, to most of our audience, but I'm going to give you one anyway. Sharam Hadian is a former Muslim who fled Iran and came to the U.S. in 1979, where he committed his life to Jesus Christ. He's a pastor and the founder of Truth and Love Ministry. He's a frequent guest on many radio and TV programs, very well-informed and sought-after speaker and teacher, and his teaching DVDs and other materials have been world have been shared and used worldwide. He'll also be one of our keynote speakers at the upcoming Solemn Assembly and Conference. So, Sharam, welcome back to WCN-TV. Thanks for taking the time for being here. Rob, thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure and looking forward to being with you guys all at the conference. Yeah, it's going to be a great event. Uh, tickets are going well, and, and we can still fit a few more people in, so uh, sign up today. 
Sharam, why don't we start off by explaining to those who don't know what exactly is a solemn assembly and why do Christ followers need one? Well, uh, particularly a solemn assembly is needed when we see, uh, I think, a couple of different conditions. Uh, I particularly go back to, first of all, uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, uh, when the Lord was speaking to the nation of Israel about the condition of sin in the nation um, and how prevalent it had become. And the Lord says there that uh, when when we see the enemy coming in like a flood, and I think that's so evident today even with what happened yesterday uh in nashville tennessee at the shooting at the christians uh, at the christian school uh by by these trans what i call really now trans terrorists that are uh being uh um inspired and incited when we see the enemy coming like a flood and when we see the church of jesus christ that should be the standard the isaiah 59 says that god raises a standard well if we as god's people are not the standard if godly men and godly women and godly pastors and godly families are not the standard against evil, then what is? You know, what, what is the standard? So because of the enemy coming like a flood, we must raise a standard. And a solemn assembly goes back to Joel chapter 2, verse 15. Again, when the nation was being surrounded, when the enemies were coming against the nation, God called them to a sacred assembly. Well, first, first of all, God called them to consecrate themselves, set themselves apart as holy, declare that they don't belong to this world, but they belong to God. Number two, he calls them to fast and pray. Then he calls them to a time of worship. And then he says, come before me as a sacred assembly and dedicate. And so a sacred assembly or a solemn assembly is really a time of our dedication. It's about us saying to the Lord, we declare we are set apart. We are holy in you. We are not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. And we're going to declare our dependency on you 100%. I believe that is the absolute only thing we can do in this hour when we are watching what is happening globally, when we're watching what is being implemented globally, and we're watching what is happening to America in its destruction. We must rise up and push back against that agenda to be able to, at least by time, And that's why I'm so grateful that you guys are doing this in Wisconsin on the 14th and 15th so that we can have that time of consecration, prayer, teaching, and really directing God's people to what we need to do moving forward. Amen. And Sharam, it was you that actually gave me the idea uh, to do this. So I think you were on the show back in November and and, uh, I thought, well, why not? It's been three years since we've actually done a, a conference here from Wisconsin Christian News, so it's it's time. And um, so we, we've kind of built the, uh, the entire event around your idea that, um, uh, which is called, you know, the theme of our conference is the great pushback against the great reset. Um, maybe you could explain for us exactly what is the Great Reset, and should Christians push back against it? Because I hear a lot of people, a lot of Christians tell me, um, no, this is God's plan, we're just going to ride it out, and uh, we're going to go through this, and and we're not supposed to be pushing back against it. Mm. Uh, Rob, I think that's that's such a good question, and, and and a question that needs to be answered. I think it's a fair question, because we Firm, I firmly believe that we are witnessing unbelievable Bible prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes. I believe that we're in the last days. And certainly I believe that the Great Reset is ultimately describing what the Bible describes in Revelation 13 as that beast system, the one world government, one world economy, and ultimately a false one world religious system. But the question is timing. I, I I do not believe that we're going to stop what is ultimately going to happen because I do believe that it is God's sovereign decision to allow this plan to happen. Now, I would vehemently uh, disagree that God is for globalism. Uh, that's a diff- that's a different question because the question is: Is the God of the Bible for globalism, or is He a God of nations and borders? And we can talk about that in a minute. But getting back to your question about the Great Reset, the Great Reset ultimately goes back to uh, the agenda uh, we see in recent history 
started back in, in 1991 with the writing of, of a document called Agenda 2021. Then in 2015, they modified it to turn it into Agenda 2030, which was for complete control uh, and, and, and the uh, implementation of this global system. Uh, we can go back to the Trilateral Commission back into the 1930s, where really the globalists set their mark back then. We have uh, the Bilderbergers, the Rockefellers, uh, people like um, obviously uh, the Soros uh, figures. Uh, we have um, Henry Kissinger and, and those individuals that have come before that have been for this global quote-unquote utopia or new world order as we hear it. But it goes back to the B system. It, it goes back to Satan's agenda. This is ultimately his plan for setting up uh, a, a, a system to become God on earth. And, and, and that will not be stopped. So I, so those who say that are correct in that. But the question is, are we supposed to bail out? Are we supposed to sit back and say, ah, you know, it's going to happen, whatever. Or are we supposed to resist that evil? Are we still supposed to still be salt and light and ambassadors for Christ and occupy till the Lord comes, whenever that timing is? And we don't know the timing. We don't know the day or the hour that the Lord is coming. We don't ultimately know the timing. And so therefore, I'm of the opinion that God is saying there's still an opportunity to, to, to delay. To, to that, that, that I guess I can say it this way, Rob. I don't think this is yet God's timing. I think this is Satan's timing. I think everything that's happened, including all, all the, the implementation that they were able to accomplish through COVID, I think that's the enemy's timing. I don't yet, in my, at least in my sense, believe that it's God's timing. So because of that, we're going to push back. Because of that, I believe that there's still prayer for revival. There's still prayer for awakening. There's still prayer to be salt and light, as I said. And that's why we must be active as believers and push back against the flood of the enemy and not just succumb to it and say, oh, well, you know, the, the culture is decaying and dying. Who cares? No, we're salt. We're supposed to help slow the decaying process. We're supposed to help slow that process so that more can come into the kingdom. And that's why I'm so grateful for what you guys are going to be doing and what we're going to see hopefully out of uh, Wisconsin here in a couple of weeks, three weeks. Well, you know, Sharam, one of the things that we really try to focus on here is getting the truth out and um, which is in direct opposition to Satan's plan. And Jesus warned us multiple times, um, be not deceived, right? Um, and what have we seen for the last three years? Nothing but solid deception, one thing after another. Absolutely. Deception, unlike anything really we've seen uh, on, on a global scale. And, Rob, you and I talked about this before, deception upon the church like I've never seen. I mean, when, when 90% of churches succumbed, and shut their doors, and then beyond after even a few weeks, because you know there was grace in the sense of the first few weeks of this, because a lot of people just didn't know. But beyond that, once we should have had discernment to realize there's an agenda here. Uh, th they're going to keep the abortion clinics open, the pot shops open, the liquor stores open, the major uh, big box and, and large corporations can stay open, but we're going to close down churches and small businesses and uh, declare that that's not essential. Oh, wow. Listen, there's an agenda we're, when we're not going to follow actual science and, and, and have pseudoscience. Uh, we should have known. And so therefore that's part of, by the way, uh, the, the document that we have on our website, that is a declaration of dependence on God. That's part of the reason we did that document. Uh, if the, yeah, you, you can see on the website, if they just click on that word declaration at the top, they see our document there. And that document spells out what we need to do now to not be deceived because we were bamboozled. We were deceived. And it is off the, I mean, it is off the charts when uh, even God's people were so easily taken by what is going on. So the question is, we can't change. I mean, really, we can't change what happened before, but we can change what now happens moving forward so that we don't fall for greater deception and we awaken. And by the way, you can find that declaration at, at Sharam's website, which is tilministry.com. And uh, just click on declaration. And, and uh, we would appreciate it if you would sign that. 
and uh, also sign up for it and get his get his email blast, get his newsletter. Um, but yeah, speaking of deception, you know why were so many Christians deceived? Because the pastors would not talk about any of these relevant issues when they were when even after they were allowed to be open, allowed to be open. And uh, you know now we're we're looking at uh, banks closing down and the economic crisis and and all of this. You know, I don't I don't know how many people realize, but last I checked, there were eighty eight thousand churches that took the free money from the government, and uh, you know, just more deception, more deception. More, absolutely, and, and and Rob, that's why that's part of our declaration. By the way, part of our declaration is is that one of our we have seven pledges on the seventh second page of the declaration, and one of those pledges is let's commit to not take government money to do God's ministry. I mean, we got to be ready for that to say we're going to depend on God. So you're absolutely right. But yeah, with everything that's going on, I think it it, it must come back down to a sp- spiritual issue because we know that deception ultimately is spiritual and, and ultimately the source of it is 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 the enemy, is Satan. And, and so I think Christians succumb to a spirit of fear. I think there was fear like I've never seen before. I've never seen so many Christians afraid of dying. Like, like I, I, I'm not trying to be flippant. Honestly, I promise I want to be sensitive because people did lose people to this, what I consider to be a bioweapon. Um, I, I almost lost my wife to it when, when they took her into the hospital and tried to put, on every, put, her, put her on every death protocol you can imagine. And I fought it every step of the way. And praise God, we brought her and my baby daughter because she was pregnant with our sixth uh, out of the hospital. But uh, so I'm not trying to minimize that, but I don't understand as Christians, if we're secure in our salvation and we understand that our days are ordained and numbered by God, why are we so afraid of dying? And that's something that, that took, took me back. Um, so I think that that was a wake-up call uh, for hopefully a lot of Christians to really evaluate their faith and evaluate their walk with the Lord. None of us want to die. I, I don't want to die. But yet we trust that if we're doing God's will, and we're actually doing God's ministry. This is, why the, this is why the book of Hebrews says, do not forsake the assembly of the, of, of the believers, even as you see the day approaches. So shouldn't the most essential entity on the planet have been open? The church? Shouldn't the church of Jesus Christ have been open and not be deceived by the great reset? And, and, and shouldn't we have had eyes to see that very early when the narrative came out that, oh, the pandemic represents an amazing opportunity for us to reimagine and reshape and, 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 and just reset our world. Wait a second. I thought it was about saving lives. Oh, no. It was about a bigger agenda. Aha. And now they're telling us, look, the agenda was we're going to go to digital currency. We're going to go to digital ID. We're going to destroy national sovereignty through now this World Health Organization pandemic accord. They're not even calling it a treaty anymore because last year they were calling it a treaty. And thanks to Russia, and uh, a whole bunch of African nations, we were able to, they were able to stop that treaty from taking effect. Uh, now they're coming back calling it an accord, and now they want to destroy national sovereignty. You know, it, it, it comes down to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Rob. The, the Lord says that when we are no longer lovers of the truth, that he, he will send upon us a great delusion. And that's the only way I can explain it. I don't know about you, but that's the only way that I can explain what, what, what ultimately happened globally in the last three years. It is an absolute great delusion that came upon the world. And sadly, many Christians couldn't see through it. Well, um, I believe, Sharam, that a lot of the churches that did shut down were non-essential and uh, mm. God is doing a, a, a big thing here. He's separating uh, the sheep from the goats um, yeah. in, in these days. And a lot of those uh, cotton candy churches are, are going away. Yep. So yep. I um, agree. I agree. Not, not I a agree. bad thing. Same thing right. with the schools. Um, schools that shut down, probably one of the best things that could have happened to those kids. Yep. So, yeah. Um, Amen to that. Amen to that. Absolutely, Rob. 100%. Uh, you know, and... To your point of separation, uh, it's also identifying the remnant, because isn't that ultimately what 
the right. Bible promises that, that there's just going to be a remnant that God preserves a remnant. And that's really what we're seeing is that we're seeing a remnant persevere and uh, persevere. We must, because as the days are getting more challenging and as things are going to, you know, they're, 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 I, I, I don't want to jump ahead of, of things, but you know, they're implementing um, this, the central bank digital currency. And he, even here in the state of Tennessee, I was dismayed that they're pushing this through Republican states as well. Um, I was trying to actually, while we were waiting, um, I, I can't, there's, there's a Senate bill that w- that was here where they have redefined the, the term money and they're trying to open it up that it includes digital uh, currency. Uh, so I think they're paving the way for this, even at the state level, uh, even though there's been nothing passed by Congress. We know that this was an executive order by by Biden in March of 2022, which then was implemented by the Federal Reserve in November of 2022 uh, to fully go towards the route of digital currency that is programmable, traceable, and equitable. Um, that sounds like woke <laughs> capitalism. Mm-hmm. So we're we're there. We're I mean, we're there. By, by the way, I mentioned at the beginning, I mentioned the Trilateral Commission. I forgot to say what they said. The Trilateral Commission just two weeks ago um, let, let me just get the, the direct quote here because I want to make sure I get it right. Just two weeks ago, they um, sent a statement to the World Economic Forum that um, they are giving the go ahead. They said that 2023 uh, is the year. If I could just let me just get to my notes here. Um, I apologize. Right here. here no, we go. It's OK. You're getting ahead of my notes. So sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm jumping around. That was around. question just, number uh, f- 15. And I'm was it really? Okay. Number three. <laughs> I mean, if, if you want to wait, <laughs> if you want to wait, I, I can wait. But I, I just because I, I sometimes my brain uh, That's okay. That's you know, right. works faster or slower. I can't remember which one than your mouth. But uh, no, they, they, they said that, uh, quote, this year, 2023 is year one of this new global order. Uh, so they gave the World Economic Forum that go-ahead that they believe that this is year one of the new world order. So this is why we are we are saying we need a solemn assembly and we need to make sure that we push back to come against their agenda. Um, again, not to stop it, not to stop it, because God's word will come to pass. I have no doubt in my mind, but we just don't know the timing. And we must resist. Uh, You know, if it happens, it happens. So be it. And God's will be done. But we must resist and we must wake people up so that, as you said, Rob, Jesus said, when asked, Lord, what are the signs of your coming and the signs of the end of the age? The very first thing he said is, take heed, no one deceives you. If nothing else, we should be fighting to make sure not one more Christian gets deceived by this agenda. Amen. Amen. Well, you've been fighting this uh, this battle. I, I I saw a great separation in the in the churches ten twelve years ago. Um, you had the um, what did they call it? Um, prior to the emergent church, you had the oh seeker friendly, and then you had right. the emergent church. But then you know there were still a few remnant churches that were still on track, but. Um, that that great separation was starting years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really saw it coming on strong in 2020. But I remember how you were pushing back uh, that year. Um, I remember a particular video that you made out in front of a movie theater. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yep. That was that, that was uh, that was one of the things that got actually. We, <laughs> that was one of the things we we lost a lot of our supporters over that. I mean, when I say a lot, you know between February of 2020 and I think September of 2020, when we made that video, uh, I think we lost about 35 to 40% of our ministry supporters. And then the Lord brought new one. Yeah. Because we were so adamant about this agenda uh, and that where it was leading, you know, from, from, from the deception to the lockdowns, then to uh, the masking, then we knew the the shots were coming and we knew that that was, you know, what that was going to be for, you know, forced upon people. So th- it was just one after another. But yeah, when, when I got kicked out of a movie theater, we went to go see a movie here in Tennessee with our family just to take a, uh, you know, they had finally opened the movie theaters and uh, the, the fear 
in the people and and the craziness within the people that uh, somehow a mask was going to save you. Even though I sat there and talked to the manager and these, these, these people for 30 minutes, trying to explain to them every study uh, that showed masking is useless. Nope. uh, This is our, our, our policy. I said, well, it's not, it's not, it's not the law. There's no law. There's no mandate. We're in a County that doesn't have a mandate. Why are you, how, how can you implement this? Well, it's our policy. And so, uh, we're going to kick you out. So they kicked us out of the movie theater. My kids are crying. And I just thought, you know, we're it's going to push back. And that's why we we called for uh, take off your mask month <laughs> and said, this is the time we got to push back and wake up um, because what's coming next. And sure enough, you know, the next thing came around the corner. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah we're we got to be ahead of this uh, because God's give, God gives us wisdom to be ahead of it, I believe. Okay, so let's uh, just moving on. Before we move on, I just want to make an announcement. If anybody in our audience has a question or a comment, raise your hand. There's a little hand button there you can push on your uh, screen, and uh, we'll bring you in. Uh, Harry has a question or a comment. Hello, Harry. The way the church is Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> You know, the way the churches and the Christians fell in line with the uh, closings, I see it myself as being a hundred times worse when they say your money's not worth anything. You have to have digital currency. I can see one Christian after another lining up and saying, but I got to eat and not trusting God. That's uh, Harry, that's exactly why we have this declaration. Because we believe that, you know, we're supposed to count the cost. Uh, it's kind of like when I became a Christian, you know, I knew that the moment I accepted that I was going to become a Christian, that I was going to have, it was going to have impact in my family because I left Islam and I, my, 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 my dad disowned me and, you know, uh, have death threats in my life. So you count the cost. The Bible says count the cost. And you're absolutely right. That's why we're calling Christians right now to count the cost because they've got to understand what's coming. They got to understand that, like you said, once they fully implement, and what I've heard is that by the summer of this year, they're looking to parallel, right? Digital currency. Now, remember, this is not cryptocurrency, which is free, free market-based. This is central bank digital currency. United States of America doesn't have a central bank. We have a federal reserve. Canada, UK, Germany, uh, Japan, those, those countries have central banks. We have a Federal Reserve, but this is being implemented because now they're getting, forgive me for saying that, foolish, even Republicans going along with implementing uh, this digital currency. And once they get to the point where it's going to be parallel, once they really put the plug uh, on, on fiat currency, um, I, don't, I don't think they'll ban cash right away or, or anytime soon. But like you said, I think it's going to devalue so much that they're going to incentivize, bring your assets into digital. We're going to give you a, a, a surplus. We're going to give you some sort of an incentive. And Christians are going to line up and say, exactly, I got to eat. So I'm going to do whatever the system tells me to, to do. And um, there you go. Remember, this is all a foundation for the mark of the beast. Let's not forget that. Yep, yep. And uh Harry and his wife um, know very well what it is to depend on the Lord for their um, for their needs, and you know I believe that God is going to provide for His own, but it's also incumbent upon us to prepare so that we can uh, uh, be ready for all this, and uh, and not only provide for our ourselves and our families, but other people. So. Rob, can I quickly mention something on that point of preparation? Number one, I would encourage everybody, if you haven't already done it, uh, this is why we have to go back to the idea of looking at bartering, what we can barter, what mm-hmm. what are our skill sets, what do we have around us, what can we make, what can we produce, so that we have a way of being able to, uh, quote, buy and sell without being dependent on that. We're looking at here in Tennessee doing something that uh, – uh, some folks have done in, in Texas, which is to try to start a, a credit union that is under private membership association that is separate from FDIC, separate from the federal government that will be based upon uh, silver currency, n- not fiat currency. Now, it's still inception. but and, and really, we should have been doing this years ago. But 
Uh, we're looking at different options, again, with our food supply. Create your own marketplace. Create your own source. Get together with some people locally and find out who are our local ranchers and farmers um, uh, for eggs and milk and chicken. I mean, this is the Lord is giving us wisdom. The Lord is providing, I believe, alternative systems so that, on, you know, while we have to occupy till he comes, we're going to be able to resist this system and not succumb to it, as Harry is suggesting many Christians will do, which I agree with. Okay, so uh, before we run out of time here, we, we want to get to the idea of globalism. Uh, does God want a new world order that the globalists are setting in motion? And um, how are Christians being deceived by the idea of globalism? What does the Bible say about globalism versus uh, being a God of nations? Well, this is, I think, such a misunderstood um, subject, Rob. I really do. And it goes back to what you said. When the pastors refuse to teach on Bible prophecy, when the pastors refuse to teach on these things, to address them. So here is two verses that I wanted to highlight that we'll highlight also in the conference. Number one, Psalm 22. For the kingdom is the Lord's. And he rules over the nations, plural, plural. This is very important. And then in the book of Acts, chapter 17, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. There's your dependency, by the way. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands. So everything that we see in the Bible spells out that the God of the Bible is a God of individual nations, individual people groups, borders, appointed times, appointed leaders, and appointed languages. This is why it did not go well for the world during the time of the Tower of Babel. God dispersed them, separated them, gave them different languages. And this is why it will not go well for this Antichrist, one world beast system. It will be defeated. Now, Jesus is coming back, and we could argue, well, at that time, once he sets up his kingdom, then he will govern over the world. But What's interesting is I believe, now I personally believe we're going to be in a literal thousand-year reign of Christ. I believe that there's still going to be nations during that time, don't you? There's still going to be nations on the earth. He doesn't bring it all under one global governance, even though he is going to be the king on earth. So I see nothing in the Bible other than the Satan's schemes that globalism or the idea of coming under one world government and one world economy is of God. That's the Antichrist system. God's system is for separation, individual borders, nations, people groups, languages, tribes. And also the Bible tells us in heaven that that we see uh, worship uh, from every nation, from every tribe, from every language, worshiping God. This is, we got to get this right so we don't think the Great Reset is great. We don't think that globalism is wonderful. We don't think that, oh, global economy and digital currency is going to be out of this world. It's going to be awesome because I just will. Did you guys see, by the way, um, uh, my, uh, Amazon and all these people now, they're going to do palm prints, right? That's, it's already there, right? They've already committed, J.P. Morgan, they're already going to do palm prints. So you'll be able to do a palm print. They'll have biometrics. You won't even have any, you won't even need a wallet. You won't need a card, even your phone. They just, just whoop, whoop, swipe, swipe your hand over the palm reader and they have all your data. It's already there. They're already committing to it. Yeah, they got to get it under your skin because, of course, we're going to own nothing. So we can't own a phone. So <laughs> exactly. So we've got surveillance. You know, That's what Yuval got... Harari said, right? Surveillance under the skin. COVID gave us surveillance under the skin. Direct quote from Yuval Harari, the uh, guru uh, philosopher uh, of the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. They're telling us what they want to do, which lines up with the word of God. But we have to have alternatives to resist the system until the time comes, Um, because it will come. But again, not yet, in my opinion. 
Well, let me know when you get that credit union going and up and running so I can get my account set up. You got it. We will. We will. <laughs> we, we, we believe this has got to happen in every state where they can set this up locally under. In fact, uh, we're, we're, we got a guy coming to one of our meetings next month here in April that's going to be talking about private membership associations, PMAs. These are really uh, it's under common law. It's been accepted and upheld. Uh, within our nation for uh, since our, our inception as a nation. And it's what we need to go back to. I think businesses need to set up this way, get rid of your state licensing, set up as a private membership association. We're doing this with schools. We're doing this with churches. Um, we have a right of association and uh, common law protects that. And, and it's been upheld by the Supreme Court time and time again, the right of private membership association. So we'll be talking about that more for sure. Well, you know, all it takes is one, uh, to get things started. Once you get your thing started, um, it's going to be a model for others and it's, it's only going to, you know, get better Amen. and expand. So, Amen. um, let's get into the, uh, the world health organizations, uh, pandemic treaty or accord. Of course they had, like you said, they had to change it to accord rather than a treaty because a treaty would need to be uh, approved by Congress. So they're, they're skirting that uh, little, uh, detail, and uh, so tell us what's involved with that and what the implications are for all the countries that are signing on to it, including ours. Well, first of all, let's get to the point of ours, because, yeah, we, as I mentioned earlier, we had we gave no resistance. We were we were last May when they were looking to do it the first time. We were fully on board, Rob. And then, as I said, Russia and, and a bunch of African nations pushed back and killed the first go around. Uh, so it's interesting what's happening, you know in that sense, but now they're coming back. They've changed the terminology. And ultimately the goal is, look, we, uh, you remember that during COVID they kept using the term lockstep, lockstep, lockstep. Well, people forget that that was actually a pandemic exercise that back in 2011, uh, there was a pandemic exercise that was actually referred to as lockstep. The idea that when they did uh, the pandemic exercise in 2019, that was, that was event 201. They did the same thing. They called about the importance of lockstep. What they want now is lockstep to go from voluntary to mandatory. It's not, ex it's not just enough that nations operated in lockstep when they declared a, quote, pandemic. Now we have to have this be as gospel. We tell you what to do and you need to do it. And so the idea of the treaty is, hey, nations, give up some of your sovereignty so that we have a unified approach to the next pandemic. The problem is, in the declaration itself, if you read some of the language of the accord, it says that they keep the word pandemic very loose and it could imply, and even their language implies that it's basically any type of health emergency. Well, they say that this could include things like climate emergency or what about gun violence emergency? Anything that would affect your health, it doesn't have to be a virus. It doesn't have to be the next bioweapon, which, by the way, is very interesting because uh, the World Health Organization just a couple of weeks ago, I think it was maybe it was by maybe last week, was talking about the fact that and that that they believe that the next pandemic will be a bioweapon. They're coming out, they're not even hiding the fact that it's going to be some naturally occurring thing in a in, in a in a wet market like the first time we knew that was bogus, and 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 that's one of the things that I called out from the very beginning. This story will fall apart. There's no doubt that this was bioengineered, gain of function, and now that's all come out. So the, the treaty, which they change it to accord, because like you said, treaty would imply ratification. The United States Constitution is very clear. A treaty has to be ratified by the Senate and signed by the president. You have to have both those elements. So none of this was there. This is the Biden administration. This is all unilaterally happening from the executive branch. And now let's give, let's cede sovereignty over to the United Nations and the World Health Organization. I believe this is part of the three-legged stool of that one world government and economy is digital currency, digital ID, and national sovereignty or the, the loss of national sovereignty. Ultimately, COVID, we must understand, was to destroy national sovereignty and move everybody towards a global sovereignty. That's the real battle here. That's why I said globalism is not of God. 
nationalism. Our God is a nationalistic God. And we get here in Knoxville, Tennessee, Rob, being that we're part of Patriot Church, where I teach, we get accused. Just last week, we had a film crew from the Netherlands come and uh, want to, um, you know, interview us because what, what is Patriot Church? And, oh, are you Christian nationalist? You, we've heard this term now. And my response always is, yes, I'm a Christian and I'm a nationalist because the God of the Bible is a God of nationalism. So we the, 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 we got to push back. We got to contact the, the members of the House. We got to contact our state legislatures because they're going to try to implement this at the not just federal, but state level and push back against this World Health Organization accord that would hand over our sovereignty to these global entities. Okay, so um, we're down to about 15 minutes here. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned the Trilateral Commission and that uh, 2023, this year, is going to be the year of the new world order. Tell us, uh, Sharam, what is the Trilateral Commission? What, what, what is that? Well, the Trilateral Commission, as I said, goes back, if I remember right, um, and, I, and I apologize, I don't have my exact notes in front of me. We'll go back to the 1930s. This was set up uh, uh, free. Um, uh, to me, it's it's kind of the precursor to the United Nations. Uh, if you remember the League of Nations. And so the Trilateral Commission was an idea of these globalist families coming together and saying that uh, uh, that we're going to make this 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 uh, connection uh, between the powerhouses within the world, um, Western Europe, uh, looking at, uh, at that time, the United Kingdom, uh, being one of the powerhouses, uh, America, Rome, looking at these different powerhouses and, and coming together and forming this commission that was then going to begin the implementation of these global agendas. Um, so we, we can argue that globalism has been afoot for, what almost a hundred years now? Uh, yeah, we're nineteen. We're, we're two thousand twenty-three. So this has been on, underfoot for a long way, and bit by bit by bit by bit, they've been implementing these agendas around the world. And the families that are behind this, as I mentioned, the Rockefellers, um, looking at uh, destroying true capitalism, looking at um, uh, destroying national sovereignty. That's been one of their goals. Trilateral Commission is all about uh, ceding power over to a certain handful, a small handful of, of, of the most powerful people in the world. So I hope I've done it justice. There's more that, as I said, I have in my notes that I can share. But that commission is sort of who's behind the World Health, uh, the World uh, Economic Forum. That commission is really the movers and shakers behind the scenes to what's, what we see with with. Um, the push towards these nations like Canada, United States, Western Europe nations uh, going down the road, NATO going down the road of uh, globalism and one world government, one world economy. Uh, they're really the, 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 the highest demonic entities that are behind this system that is being set up. And so if they're giving their stamp of approval, we listen. That's why that's why that's important. We listen to what they're saying. And they're saying it's their time. And that's um, that may give us a clue of where we're at in the last days. Yeah, that's uh, really sad because this stuff goes really, really way deeper than any of us really realize. Exactly. And, and um, unfortunately, on our side, on the Christian side, we don't most of us don't have a clue. So they they are so or, well organized and incredibly funded, um, and we're just running around, uh, you know, with, with yeah. no information. Yeah. Um, Russ has a question from uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, Strom, and I've got a question on this WHO. If it was changed, the name was changed from a treaty to an agreement because they were wanting to bypass the process to stop that that uh, treaty. What are the processes to stop it now that it's uh, being named an accord or an agreement? Uh, 
what can the Congress do by the rules to stop it? That's my question. That's a, that's a great question, um, because since it's now being deemed an accord, the Biden administration can't unilaterally act without Congress. That's the whole point, right, is to is to bypass that process, because even though the Senate is still uh, Democrat controlled here, uh, there, you know, th- there's those one or two Democrats that, you know, maybe. And, and of course, you have Republicans that are globalists. So, you know, that doesn't help either. But really what we can do is this. Uh, number one. I think that just attention, what happened last year was my friend Leo Holman and a few others were the first to report on this. Nobody was reporting on this uh, pandemic treaty. But once it came to light and once people started understanding the ramifications, then pushback happened. And that's what we need to do is contact our Congress people, but also at the state level, as I said, because what states can do is under 10th Amendment, if states had guts like maybe a DeSantis, then they can say, okay, we refuse to abide by. Okay, if the federal government wants to do this under this administration, that's fine. But we at the state level refuse to abide by any uh, World Health Organization declaration uh, that we would move lock and step. That's what ultimately happened with uh, Florida, with, with, with being really the lead state in pushing back against the mandates and other things. Uh, so that they can buck against the the federal government's actions uh, against those things. So I think that by bringing light, by bringing attention to it, by talking about it and understanding how absolutely detrimental it would be, if it truly happens and it's going to go in that direction, it nullifies our, our constitution. It nullifies our declaration. It nullifies the sovereignty and that's the agenda. I mean, we, we all know that's the agenda ultimately. So um, this is buying us time. It's delaying things and it's pushing back against it. So contact your state legislatures as well and say, what are you going to do if the World Health Organization is given that power by the Biden administration to unilaterally declare? Remember, any emergency as a pandemic. It doesn't have to be just a viral, you know, a virus or a bioweapon in, in, in that sense. Uh, what are you going to do? What are you guys going to do? And that's the best I think we can do right now, other than praying that uh, the Lord will push this back uh, a bit longer. Also, Russ, uh, here in Wisconsin, uh, Senator Ron Johnson has introduced a bill in mm. Congress um, to not allow this to go forward. Um, unfortunately, uh, given the state of our, our Congress in Washington, it doesn't have a whole lot of, um, a whole lot of potential, but, um, at least he's introduced the subject. So, um, yeah, thankful for that. Thankful for others like, uh, Rand Paul and, and others who are not going to sit, sit by quietly, but, um, unfortunately it takes more than one or two, uh, good guys in Congress to, to make a difference. So. Um, before we run out of time, uh, Sharam, you have, uh, just completed the work on your, your new DVD. Uh, it's called one world religion rising, contending for Christ against this end times deception. Um, where can we find that on your, on your website? Well, we, we don't, we don't have that just quite yet. We just recorded it, uh, about a week and a half ago and we are excited for it. It'll be coming out around May. Um, we may even have some pre-orders, pre-order signups at the conference uh, here uh, when we come to Wisconsin, uh, April 14th to 15th. I was looking at your website earlier. I thought I saw a place where you can pre-order that now. Not, not the One World Religion yet. Uh, okay. we have the, the, yeah, the Great Pushback is out, and we have that DVD now available, and that can be uh, ordered now. Uh, that's right on the right there. That's the Great Pushback, and they can order that right now. Uh, and, and have it, you know, shipped to them. But the one world religion that I said, we just recorded it. The reason I think it's so important is it's the uh, third piece of the puzzle to that, the system, uh, again, going back to Revelation 13. And uh, there's a lot that we expose in there about it, uh, including the so much of, 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 of what's happening within evangelicalism and Christianity to the idea that uh, we are all worshiping the same God. 
Uh, and now the deception is really about that Islam is an Abrahamic faith along with Christianity and Judaism. We all worship the same God and they just finished this, what's called the Abrahamic family house in all places, Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates in the heart of the Muslim Arab world. And they're calling it now the house of one. Um, and yet it's the first time in a hundred years that there's been a mosque, I mean, a synagogue uh, and a church. And I use those words very loosely built in United Arab Emirates. So it, it's a deception. It's the greatest deception spiritually. Uh, I, I believe that the one world religion is going to be a mixture, a multi-faith mixture. I, I don't per se believe it's going to be something brand new because we're talking about between Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, about four and a half billion people, more than half the world's population. I don't believe half the world's population is going to be deceived by something brand new. I think it's going to be something that's recycled, but yet it's under the context now that we're all one, under one God. And that's what they're doing in Israel, Rob. The sad thing is in Israel, they're falling for it because they believe if they can just get the third temple rebuilt, that this will be a house of worship for all nations. doesn't matter your God. Come to Israel and, and we all worship the same God. What a deception. What a end time deception. And what an affront to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I came out of Islam understanding that the God of Islam is not a true God. It's a false God and that there's only one God and it's the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose name is Jesus Christ. So that is going to be a absolutely must-see DVD to make sure that Christians are not falling for this one world religion that is rising and very rapidly being implemented. And that will be coming out, as I said, in um, hopefully in May. Uh, we're working fast right now on post-edit as we speak. Okay. All right. Good. Well, what, uh, why don't we take the last couple minutes here? Anyone else have a question real real quick? Question or comment time? Okay. Oh, Harry's back. I came back. Yep. So you were talking about states fighting back. You know, the, the lesser magistrate, you know, doesn't that go all the way down to a, a mayor level, you know, local city level that the local met? Well, well, and the county sheriffs too. Yeah, county sheriffs too. Yes, they have, yes. They they have um, yeah, absolutely, Harry. You're right. I mean, ultimately, yes, that's a good word. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, the lesser magistrate would be your county officials uh, from the standpoint of constitutionals, or your, your your county sheriff, your county commission, perhaps a mayor. I mean, perhaps a mayor. But the problem is that. Most cities are incorporated, so they're under the corporate system versus looking at a county constitutionally. Um, but you're going to have to have a very strong sheriff and a very strong county government to resist um, what they implement, which we saw. Now, the good news was we saw that to a very small extent. Uh, I have a good friend of mine who's a county prosecutor here in the state of Tennessee. He single-handedly resisted the mandates uh, at the county level, even when their sheriff was not yet on board. So it's possible that a, a strong Christian godly leader can resist and make a difference at the county level from the implementation. Um, but but it, but if you don't fight it at the state level as well, then it's going to make it very hard for the counties to do that. So I think it's a combination of, of certainly local, but then also at the state level. Federally, as I said, you can call your Congress people, but as, as, as Rob already said, it's it's such a Boy, it's such an uphill climb to do anything federally with what where we see with our federal government. Well, Sharon, you've given us some hope here. And uh, Harry, excellent questions. I, I appreciate that. And uh, Russ, too. So um, we are just about out of time. So um, Sharon's website, which is just loaded with stuff, if you go there, um, take some time. Go through, go through these materials. It's uh, TILministry.com, and you can find all the information there. And you can also watch a preview of his presentation about the great pushback against the great reset. So TILministry.com, Truth and Love Project. So, Sharam, thanks for being here. We'll see you in a couple of weeks here in Wisconsin. Um, Hopefully we'll have some nice weather for you. It's warming up out there right now, so it's not too bad. 
um, hopefully it'll it'll stay stick around. Uh, that's it for today, folks. Uh, next week, Dr. Mike will be here. He'll have another excellent program for you, 5 p.m. Uh, we're live at 5 Central Time, and I uh, hope you'll join us again next week. I will see you in a few, and God bless you till then. We'll see you. Mm-hmm.